We are joined by George McFly, streamer slash host of the Pinstripe Strong Podcast, plus a must-follow on Twitter. Uh, Joe's, how you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, I thank you. We thank you for coming on, and yeah. we're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk some Yankees baseball, and who knows? We might we might try to expand your knowledge a little bit, Joe's, and talk some other sports, too. All right, bro. So, uh, just, just to start, like, what was your reaction from the World Series like? Especially with the move that Kevin Cash did with Blake Snell, <laughs> it just it is just something that. And by the way, thanks for having me on, and I appreciate you and you know, your support and all that stuff. I know you always leave us voicemails, and we love them, bro. We love them all the time, Jack. So it's uh, we always appreciate that. I see you with the we out of here shirt. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, with the World Series, and I haven't, you know what, I haven't even talked about the World Series because even in the podcast, we kind of skipped all that. You know, we just went straight into, you know, off season, how we feel about everything, whatever it is. But uh, with what happened in, you know, Kevin Cash and the decision that he made, it was just, it just kind of made me feel like, yo, that's, that's just where it's at right now in baseball, man. It makes you feel like teams are okay with losing as long as they lose that way. Yeah. Oh, with the analytics, even though, Everybody in the world knew that he was wrong with taking taking out Blake Snell. Nobody yeah. could hit him that night. And you kind of gave the Dodgers this breath of fresh air. Like, oh, they took him out. Okay. All right. Good. We got a chance. Um, yeah. It just sucks that that's kind of like the way baseball is going. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, and maybe the Yankees see this. And, you know, what happened in game two. And even other teams, too. You know, they kind of fall into this analytical thing where they kind of want to do that 100%, but hopefully they look at it and they say, you know what, we need to do more balance than anything else. Kind of also not worry about just kind of running with that script 100%. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I I just don't understand it. Like there's, I you know, even if you have all the analytics on your side, which right. I'm sure there are even analytics that defended that move, I'm sure. But, you know, even if you have all the analytics on that side, on your side, it doesn't make sense. If you have a guy rolling like Snell was, and, you know, the Rays bullpen all throughout the year has been great, but during the postseason, I'm not feeling as yeah. good with that bullpen. I'm feeling very shaky with the bullpen. And, you know, when you have a guy who's rolling like Snell and you take him out, like, like you said, that just gives hope to a Dodgers team that basically had no hope. They, they could not figure him out and then you take him out of the game. Yeah, they couldn't touch him. It just, it's weird to me because it's like, it just feels like it's it's winning is not enough. I want to win our way kind of thing. And it's just like, right. oh, bro, like just win the game, man. Like, what are we yeah. doing here? You know, it's a, yeah. It's um. Yeah, I, mean, I feel lost, I, I feel I feel bad for Blake Snell. I mean, oh, that yeah. just yeah. you could tell how pissed he was. I mean, you know, especially like I mean, he's a former Cy Young winner. I think he exactly. deserves the right to stay out past the fifth inning in a World Series do or die game. And oh my god. Yeah. And this doesn't necessarily have to do with the Blake Snell move, but just analytics in general. This may have been because there have been no off days right. in the postseason, but I just felt like like teams were punting on postseason games when they were down like one or two runs in like the seventh inning, and they were thinking, 
oh, well, let me save my good bullpen for tomorrow. And it's just like, like, I just, I, I, it rubs me the wrong way. I feel like, especially in the playoffs, you play to win. And I just feel like I understand this is what the numbers are telling you, telling you what to do. And I also understand like if Aaron Boone goes with his gut and is wrong, I mean, that, that puts him in a very bad position. Yeah. I I feel like sometimes he's just going to risk it, man. And this isn't just Aaron Boone. This is just managers in general. Cause I mean, Aaron Boone's a baseball guy. He's been around baseball his entire life. He knew that starting Jay Hap or uh, bringing in Jay Hap was a bad decision, kind of transitioning over to the game two. Yeah. And I just feel like he knew that and he did it anyway because Brian Cashman told him to. And I think at some point they just got to trust Boone with those sort of decisions. Right, just go with it, man. Just go with your gut. Like you're a baseball guy. You've been in baseball your whole life. You know what it is. And that's one of the things that I used to really like about Joe Girardi. And I hate to go back and say, oh, well, what, Joe, whatever. But and when when it came to, you know, during the season, it would be annoying the way that he would manage. But once you get into the playoffs, I feel like he starts to manage a certain way. Like the way he used to manage the bullpen. And um, I remember the way that he managed that wild card game. And it was just like, all right, we, we need this. Boom, after Didi hit that home run, it was just like, yeah, I'm talking about 2017. After Didi hit that home run, it was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to close out this game. He brings out the, his guys at the right time. And they just and they got to do the job too, of course. Uh, but it just feels like he, he used his gut a little bit more. And I don't know. Uh, the GMs want to get away from those kind of managers, except, uh, I mean, unless you're uh, the White Sox, which <laughs> hired. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know what that's about. That's none of my business. But uh, yeah, I mean, hired that guy. Yeah, I mean, I just like, you know, as a Northsider, you know, like l- looking at that, you know, I'm like, what? I mean, it. I, I just don't get that. I mean, it's just so you have such like, a young team. Yeah, exactly. a young, exciting team. Yeah, and you I bring think, in, I mean, yesterday's news. Yeah, I mean, not even about his baseball managing. I mean, let's just see if he can make the walk to the mound first to take a picture out of the game. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I just think, he's like, what? He's, he's 70, 76. 76. That I think he managed in the didn't he manage in the seventies? I think he did. I'm like, yeah, yeah I think he did. Yeah, managed oh, like, White Sox. Yeah, I think he was like seventy six or something. Yeah, but, I mean, I. I I, I don't really get it. I mean, there are a lot of good managers I think you can get. There are a lot of good, bright, young baseball minds. And with a team exciting like that, a team up and coming like that, you know, like I said, why bring in something from the past, someone that's kind of already, I mean, he's already in the Hall of Fame. Like, I mean, why already, why do that? Like, Yeah, that's crazy that he's in the Hall of Fame. And Joe, you brought up uh, earlier a bit about 17 team with Didi in that home run. Yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. feel like with the Yankees, in 17, you had Didi, you had Torres, you had Frazier, you had the whole thumbs down thing. And I just feel like this team this year was very corporate. They didn't have the same energy that they did in 17. And I feel like a lot of that was, was just a crazy year. But also, I just feel like I, just, I, I miss 17. And I feel like we might need to bring in like a veteran guy, that can, a good clubhouse guy that can give the team that energy that they had in 17 and even 18. I mean, and I know this year they had the whole bang the elbow thing, but it, it just it wasn't the same as the thumb down thing or, or the the dugout interviews they used to do with to, with toe. And I just feel like they were lacking like energy, you know. I feel like it's different because it's um 
one, there's no fans. So I think yeah. a lot of the fans, they feed, you know, baseball players, a- any sport really, they feed into the fans a lot. Well, especially the Yankees. Right. I mean, it's it, that and then it's only 60 games so while let's just say in 17 it took you know even toward the end of the season that's where they got the thumbs down thing sometimes it takes a whole 162 for you to figure out certain things and your identity and the team and, and all of that stuff so i mean it, in 60 games kind of difficult to do that they did have that thing where they were hitting their elbow i don't know what that's about i think they had last year they had like the four they were doing four whatever that is I don't know what that was about. Um, those are like in clubhouse things, but I I agree that I feel like they do need they need to, to with the team itself they do need to kind of shake up the energy a bit. They need to change some things going forward. It does feel like every year that like the windows closing a little bit um, because the team is gonna start getting more and more expensive. You know, yeah. You're talking back in 2017. You're talking a young Aaron Judge. He's, you know, um, uh, rookie of the year, all of these things. What are awesome. And now he's basically a year away from starting to make, you know, from free agent contract. Yeah. And now what? You know, so it's like you got to, he's going to start making money. These guys are going to start making money pretty soon. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not like a Yankee fan, but it's, you know, kind of looking from the outside in. I, you can really see that if they don't do it next year, if they don't win a World Series next year, you know, not saying things could fall apart, but like, but like you said, you know, Judge is going to have the free agent contract. It's going to be harder to keep guys. Things are just going to keep getting more expensive. And even when you're the Yankees, I mean, you can't afford everything. And I, I, next year is going to be important. And, you know, there are a lot of pretty good free agents on the market. Lindor, do you think the Yankees are going to be interested in like a Lindor or – Lindor, you know, maybe get rid of Sanchez and bring in Romito. Like, what are some um, things you think could happen? They're not going to do that. But well, the, and the first thing I uh, I think about because we were talking about window closing. You know, you're a Cubs fan, so imagine yeah. for you, yeah, <sighs> if in that year where you guys won, you did not win that year, right? Yep. Imagine that you're you know the window. Now you're thinking you know a lot of a lot of people talking about oh the Cubs in the you know, are they, they looking to move on from Chris Bryant? Now you're thinking yeah. about those conversations where you won already now, right? So you could those conversations are a lot easier to have. Um, with the Yankees, Real Muto, I don't think that's going to happen uh, because the way that the money is kind of shaking out, the way that the money, that they're talking about the money and they're really letting you know, hey, you know, we're, we didn't make that much money or whatever it was last year. Um, can I see them moving on from Sanchez? It's possible. That's possible. I think the Yankees got to really determine what Gleyber Torres is. Is he a second base? Is he your second baseman? If he is, then you know how to move uh, around in the in the in the off season. If he's your shortstop, then you gotta you know because defensively it doesn't look like you know, he's looking like a train wreck out there, bro. So I think you'll know how to mo- maneuver the off season after you decide on what the Yank, you know, how the Yankees view Glaber Torres, whether he's a shortstop or a second baseman. I think he's a second baseman. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask. I agree with that. I, and I think yeah. Brian Cashman is going to have some tough decisions coming up in the next yeah. couple of years, whether you pay Aaron Judge. I mean, by the time Aaron Judge hits free agency, he's going to be in his 30s. Uh, he's one of the most injury-prone players in baseball. And I know he's, I mean, he's the face of the franchise, but 
I mean, is it really a smart business decision to pay him the money that he's going to demand? And just what is going to be your ideal offseason for the Yankees if everything went perfect? And like realistically, what would be your ideal offseason? Ideal? Whew. I mean, I, <laughs> Bauer, get me all of these guys. Uh, the realistic offseason? Um, I think that they're going to end up re-signing DJ LeMahieu, even though me personally, and I talked about this in you know, my last podcast where I said, I'm kind of, if he gets too expensive, I'm kind of okay saying I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm moving on or whatever it is because, you know, you mentioned Francisco Lindor. Next year, it's a huge crop of these talented, young uh, shortstops, which yeah. to me, defense up the middle is a super important. Oh, Catcher, oh, yeah. shortstop, center fielder, super important to me. So if you can, I mean, who who you got next year? Baez, um, you have Correa, you have um, Lindor, and it's Lindor and Story. I think is this year. Story, yeah. Um, That's next year. Next year, next year. All of those guys are in the same free agent class. Simeon is this off season. Yeah. Then, but you know, next year it's like you have this whole crop. Uh, I could so see the Yankees saying, you know what, because of that, unless they trade for Lindor somehow, some way, I could so see them saying, you know what, let's rock out with Glaber shortstop for one more year. Let's see how he is. Does he improve or not? Yeah. And then next year, we got all of these top, you know, free agent shortstops to choose from. Let me see what I can do there. If we don't think Glaber is the guy, but I don't know how you do that if DJ uh, LeMahieu is kind of tied up there. I mean, talking about Glaber Torres is always a little bit of a rough spot for me as a Cubs fan. I'll say. I mean, well, you won. You yeah, we won. I mean, it is. We won, but like you know, it, it's tough. I mean, because we, we definitely wouldn't have won without Chapman. There's no way. Right now it's tough. There's no way. Yeah. When you I mean, don't win, it's tough. <laughs> you know, we like right. Well, yeah. I mean, like you were saying. I mean, the Cubs def- are kind of on that downward trend right now, sadly, but. Right. You know, we won in 16. I mean, the Yankees have had all these great teams, and, you know, you keep coming up short. I mean, that's 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 just rough. But, I mean, Jules, I want to ask your opinion on this because I wasn't really – like, I wasn't in on the Yankees in 2009 like I am now. What right. was the feeling like after 2009 when things were starting to trend down? They let Cano walk, but, I mean, they already got the chip. So is that like a – was that a – what was that feeling like? You know what? You know what's funny? That decline kind of felt like it kind of felt like it wasn't like a, a slow decline going. If you just felt like you just kind of fell off a, you know, a cliff kind of thing. Hmm. Because in 2010, Yankees were favored to win. And in 2011, um, Yankees were a really good team as well. Um, I know Mo got hurt. You know, he had that ACL. And they're like, oh, my God, it was going to be his last year, whatever it is. I think, I'm, I don't know if it's 2011. 2012 was another one. And then A-Rod wasn't really hitting. And, you know, it, it's, it, it was crazy. Um, you know, the way that, because those teams were really good teams. And then you went up against the Tigers team. It was really good. That had Justin Verlander. That had Max yeah. Scherzer. That had um that was a crazy rotation. I can't believe that team didn't win. They had Miguel yeah, Cabrera. Man. Um and it, Yankees ended up losing. And they they were just losing. It just felt like uh, you know, just and then you lose Cano, 
but you sign a repeat player in Jacoby Ellsbury, which to me, that kind of thing, once the Jacoby, that offseason, where we signed Tanaka and all of that stuff, and they kept telling Cano, we don't have the money, which, you know, in retrospect, I guess, whatever. But I would probably kept, uh, kept Cano, but it is what it is. Um, ever since the Jacoby Ellsbury signing, man, it's just been like, it was going down, then, then Jeter retired, then these guys were kind of ushered out. But then, you met, you know, you had 2016 happen, and Gary Sanchez, and Judge, and you just had, like, this new crop coming in. It's like, okay, we're all right. You know, and then 2017 feels like we got back on top. We've been up there, and then it's, it just feels like we just can't get over that hump. You know, Astros were cheating, of course, but. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like this is the year after this season. Like my thoughts start transitioning from we have a big window, we're one of the best teams in baseball, and now it's sort of like okay, well we haven't won yet. We got to win. I mean, we got to take touch soon. We got to. I mean, we got some guys hitting arbitration soon. I mean, yeah. we got to win. Our window is not that long anymore, and I just feel like it's. A, when you when you've won a chip, you're in such a different scenario as a general manager. And yeah. I feel like, like you said, maybe maybe we don't pay uh, a, a DJ Lemayu, and then next year we get Lindor or Javier Baez or someone like that. And it's kind of like what we did with Cole. We didn't go after Machado or Harper, and then we signed Cole. Right. And obviously, you're not going to get a Cole every other off season uh, or a Cole type player. But I feel like maybe that's a good point. And I, I really – I don't think it's going to happen trading for Lindor, but I think Lindor would bring a spark to the clubhouse that is much needed. And obviously, yeah, yeah. if you trade for Lindor, that. you're not re-signing DJ. But then you can move Glaber to second, which I don't, I don't think Glaber is – he's not a bad second baseman. He's one of the worst shortstops in baseball. Yes. But he's a pretty decent second baseman. you got yes. – obviously, Francisco Lindor is an amazing shortstop. Yeah. And – the thing that was really odd to me is the Yankees' defense did not look that bad on paper outside of Glaber. I mean, obviously, Geo's amazing. Uh, DJ's Judge amazing. Is pretty good. Judge is really good. Hicks, apparently, Clint Frazier, Gold Glove finalist. Yeah. I mean, um, Gary wasn't that good. Like, out, of, out, of, out of catcher. Um, Voight isn't that good either. Hicks, actually, weirdly, when you look at the numbers, he had a down year defensively. I, I, yeah, but I, I think that was a little bit with the TJ. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think he, he was a little tentative with throwing too with certain things. And then Judge wasn't even out there long enough for me to say that he had a good year defensively. Um, but, yeah, Clint, Clint was amazing to me. Um, but I think that the Yankees do need to improve their defense. There's so many... It's so important for you to like how many times did you watch a game? Yankees did not turn a double play, and it's just like, yo, why are we so slow on turning these double plays, man? And yeah, I know it's, uh, it's frustrating. And you know, as a Cubs fan, you know, like our offense this year was complete garbage. It was like it was supposed to be what was the coming into the season, the bright spot of our team was not good, and what really saved us was, of course, our pitching. But we had a great You're garbage, defensive team. Man. You, you, oh, you Darvish. Oh, I, I was surprised. Yeah, me me too. I mean, that after that huge contract, and then he's like, oh, God, he's not going to return to his old self. And then, boom, 2020, and he's just an absolute monster. But defensively, too, uh, we got awarded, like, the team gold glove new award thing for the NL. And, 
Like, those things mattered. I mean, without some key defensive plays, Hayward's great. You know, mm-hmm. Baez, of course, is an amazing. Rizzo's an incredible a gold glove first baseman. Without some of those plays, we probably lose that division. We probably lose a few more games, and mm-hmm. we probably don't win the NL Central. And, you know, like you were saying, the defense is so important, and that's why, you know, for the Yankees, Glaber Torres at shortstop, like, it's scary, especially up the middle. Up the middle, you know, shortstop, second base, especially shortstop, you need great defenders. And Glaber Torres offensively obviously speaks for himself, but, like, they're you know, at some point going to need uh, a shortstop, yeah. you know, a defensive shortstop. He wasn't even always like that either. When the Yankees got him from the Cubs, he was trending to be a shortstop, you know? And yeah. yep. he looked good as a shortstop kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just that he started, you know, I don't know if it was because of the allure of the home runs, and that's possible, and that's another thing, another conversation I guess you could have, but um, it felt like he started building his lower body a lot more, and he got super, like, extra thick in his lower yeah. body, which made him lose some flexibility. Yeah. You do that maybe as a second baseman, because I know Cano did it, but as a shortstop, you don't really see too many shortstops like that with super bulk in their lower bodies exactly. like yep. that. You just lose flexibility there, man. So. Yeah, yeah, you don't have as much range. I mean, you just can't really move, you know, as well with, you know, and obviously it helps for the home runs and everything. But if you're trying to be a shortstop, like, I'd sacrifice some of those home runs to make some of those plays, which could save some games. Yeah. Yeah, and I just feel like, especially you mentioned how you don't think, uh, like, like there aren't many shortstops that are built like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think – maybe that could lead to some of the injuries just because he's so muscular. And it's just like, I mean, the Yankees got to prepare for injuries this year because it should not come as a surprise. We've had back-to-back years with a plethora of injuries. And it's just at the point where, I mean, and it all starts with Judge. He's your star player, and he's one of the most injury-prone players in baseball. And uh, I remember the beginning of this year, a certain person on Yankees Twitter who shall remain nameless came out with the whole – judge or trade judge campaign and i was like okay well that's bullshit and now like i still obviously don't want to trade judge but it, you you got to give it like like you can't just immediately dismiss it because when you look at his timing and when he's going to hit free agency yeah. it's going to going to be in his 30s very injury prone i don't think you should give him a big contract you know where things start to get real murky is what if next year he puts it all together and next year he hits, I don't know, he has these one these godlike Aaron Judge years, which he could have. And he's healthy, he plays 150 games, and he has one of the, and then next year's his contract. And he Uh-oh, he's going to be 30 years old. And you know, you got stuff invested in him and Judge Shavers and stuff like that. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna give him this contract? How long is it gonna be? You know, like those are things you gotta take a look into. Um business side of it yeah. you know which is another like interesting part of baseball that kind of like i guess baseball nerd but yeah um but yeah i mean judge i i think more people should take yankee should assign yankee should have like a meeting right and they should assign certain players certain things that they got to work on like all right glaber all right but the yankees are not going to do this but they'll be like all right so you geo uh hicks I need you guys to worry less about homers. I need you guys to worry more about putting the bat on the ball, worry about doubles, homers. If they happen, they happen. It is what it is. 
I just want you guys shooting the gaps. Clint, you too, right? I want you guys to work on contact, right? Uh, some of the other guys, then you look at Judge, we're like, you know what, Judge? Maybe take a, a page out of Voight's book. And I want you to become a little bit more limber and become a little bit more flexible like he did. And maybe that'll help you out with the injuries because Voight actually gained power from what he did and becoming yeah. more flexible. You know, these other guys, you know, they, they, you know, the thing about bulking up and doing all of these things, sometimes less is more, bro. Exactly. It really is. Sometimes less yeah. is more. You know, you just put the bat on the ball, it's going to go. Uh, Giancarlo says he has a couple of things that he's he's been trying new that he thinks will help, which makes sense, which are in between innings. since He's, he's so used to being an outfielder, maybe jogging down the line or whatever to keep his body fresh in between that bat as a DH, you know, something he's not used to being a DH kind of thing. So maybe those things will work, but. Uh, well, yeah. And you know, you, you talk about how like flexibility and stuff is contributes just as much to power as, you know, bulking up and, you know, getting big and all that. And that's so true. And yep. like you're saying, the trend is for guys, you know, I want to hit more home runs. I'm going to bulk up. And, you know, maybe it's going to be a thing where you see a guy like Luke Voigt who kind of does that thing. He gets more flexible and he has, he leads the league in home runs. And maybe now we start to see a trend where like, all right, more guys are going to start working more on flexibility mm -hmm. as opposed to just getting big and weight room and stuff. I hope yeah. so, man. I really do hope so, bro. That's yeah. how, how kind of used to be, but. Yeah. yeah, and also with Judge, Judge can swing 80% and still hit at 400 feet. And, like, with the oblique right. years and stuff, yeah. I mean, I think we saw Judge this year. Like, the year before, he was hitting everything oppo. This year, he was still going oppo. He was going all over the park. And what's so frustrating is he's so good when he's on the field. He's he so good. good. Yeah. I just want to see him play, man. But if Judge yeah. can swing, like, like 80%, 80, 80, 90%, he's still going to hit it out of the ballpark. Oh, yeah. well, especially at Yankee Stadium. Feet. Yeah, especially at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And I feel like maybe he won't have some of those oblique injuries or some of those injuries that get caused from swinging too hard. Yeah. yeah. But let's move on now to a little bit more just general baseball. So uh, I'm going to throw you some names, Joes. I want you to tell me where do you think is the best fit for them in free agency? Okay. Uh, Bauer. Uh, I think Bauer. I'm thinking about what teams have money to spend. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the question. Like, I I think the White Sox. I was kind of thinking like it would be cool to see him go to the White Sox, but like you think it's like well, you know, it's Chicago, but like not as big a market as the not as much money as the Cubs okay. would have, and they already are spending on a ton of other guys like. I think he ends up with the Blue Jays. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. That would be a good. White Sox, like, White Sox sound good too. I just, I'm feeling Blue Jays. I was thinking that too. Yeah, I mean, well, that would be a cool. I mean, because Ryu proved that he's like legit this year, and that would be a really good like. You want to take another step. one two one two punch to have? I mean, because the Blue Jays are definitely going to be a legitimate team. They're coming. Oh yeah, the definitely. You're getting to the point where, like, when the Yankees play them, you're 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 still big brothering them a little bit, but it's getting to that point, man. I mean, their offense is legit, yeah. and if they get, mm -hmm. if they add another starter, and uh, Robbie Ray pitches well, 
I think they could be a really good team because I mean their offense is their offense is really good. They have a a playoff caliber offense. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. All right now, who's next on the list? Uh, how about Nelson Cruz hitting free agency? Uh, he said that he wanted like a two year deal. Yeah. I can see him getting back to Minnesota. I Me think too. Right there. Um, I don't. I can't really picture Minnesota's offense without him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, he, he's. He is the centerpiece. I mean, he's like 40 years old, and he is just still a top 10 offensive player in baseball. I, I really do think. If you look at no center baseball reference, it is, I mean, incredible. He hit, he hit over 300 this year, 16 home runs. He had a, mm-hmm. a 992 OPS. Yep. I mean, and last season, I mean, last season he was, he was better. crazy. 311 batting average, 392 on base percentage. Uh, he had over a one dot OPS. I mean, he's just one of those guys where he's just consistently great. And I feel like he kind of goes a little bit underrated in the terms oh, yeah. of like baseball stars. Cause if you look at his numbers, I mean, it's one of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's I mean, beast, bro. he's been a freaking animal. Yeah. I remember, I mean, I, I was, there, I was a lot younger, but I remember vaguely when he's in Baltimore and he was like, you know, really good yeah. back then. Like, I mean, He's been just at the top of the league for so long. He's he's really one of the best. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Marcel Ozuna. Ozuna. It's interesting. Um, let me see. I see him staying in the NL. Um, Braves? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that would write down. Anything? That would make sense. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of uh, Nats. We we live in like the DC metro area, and uh, for a lot of Nats fans saying they'd like it, Nationals is a good one too. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, because that would be one of the best outfield. Like that would be a great outfield That'd if they got Ozuna. I mean, Soto, you know, Ozuna, Ozuna is. I mean, I love him, and he had like an amazing year. Uh, he's a little bit scary. I mean, just it. Like, I don't know if I can rely on him just because, you know, they signed him to this one-year deal and he absolutely performed. But I think there's also a chance that if another team signs him, even if he re-signs, he could drop right back off to – because, like, when the Cardinals signed him, like, he wasn't really that great. And then the Braves get this one-year deal and they, you know – It was amazing with the Marlins. Oh, yeah. That Marlins outfield, man. Azuna, Yelich, and Stanton. Oh, my God. one of the biggest tragedies in baseball, for real. I mean, I can't believe that. Yeah, I can't believe they punted that team. But ugh. well, that's what uh, it is. I think you'll see, you'll see, you'll see some good amount of trades too in this. Um, I'm thinking yeah. about because it, it's weird to be a free agent this year, man. Because the money, there's going to be people looking for money, and I don't know if money's going to be there the way that people want it. To be. Well, because it's sixty game, like you can't really like, right. it, it, like you're just kind of hot over. Uh, like 50 to 60 game stretch. Can you actually do that for 162? Like, yeah, it's definitely more of a gamble to pay someone this year. I mean, I think guys like Trevor Bauer are like, they're going to get paid, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's a little harder to jump in there with a Marcelo Zuna type guy, just because like you had one good year, but it's like 60 games. And before you were kind of not as good as you were supposed to be. It's, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a risk. And uh, there. So I actually I'll have another list, some guys that might get traded. 
And, um, you know, Lindor, you already talked about. Do we think he's going to get traded? I absolutely think yeah. he's going to get yeah. traded. There's no way the Indians are going to be able to resign him. Yeah. I mean, it's – and Lindor, I mean, like, you know, he's obviously like, incredibly talented. But, like, what, what he brings to a clubhouse – because you were talking about the Yankees earlier, how what there wasn't as much of a spark this year. And, like, Lindor is a guy who I feel like could bring a spark like that. Like, he's just – Bro, I would love him. I mean, you know, right they call now. him like Mr. Smile or whatever, or, you know, for yeah. a reason. Like he's, he brings energy into a clubhouse. I mean, I remember watching during the World Series, uh, you know, Cubs Indians like four years ago. And you, you could just tell, you watch him and he, Electric, he brings so much en- Exactly. Yeah. One of the, he's, I mean, he's one of the best players in baseball. He's, he's just one of those guys where you just, you look at him and he's just an absolute stud. Yeah, he is. Yeah, now I, I want to see what you guys think about this player and very close, uh, near and dear to my heart. Chris Bryant, do you guys think from the outside looking in that he's going to get traded? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping not because I love the guy, but he did have an off year. He was injured. Do you guys think he'll get traded? I feel like, I feel like people in rumors have been trying to trade him for a while. Yes. I yes. can see him getting traded. Um I don't know what's the direction that the Cubs are trying to go right now because it's kind of weird. It is. Because it is. you have you have a contract. You have contracts like you, Darvish, Jason Hayward, and you got those contracts, right? Yeah. Yep. Are you trying to win now? I feel like they're like in, in the middle kind of. You don't want to be in the middle, bro, because there's really nothing. You know, when you're one of those middle teams, you're not really doing anything. Like, yeah. yeah, you're not really doing anything, bro. It's just kind of it's kind of like an NBA too. It's the same thing. Like, oh you yeah, to be a middle team. You want to be a team that's either at the top or, or at the bottom and getting prospects. yeah a clear rebuilding process. Yeah. So what I are mean, they going to do? I don't know. I think what's going to happen is I think you have 2021, and that's going to be kind of I think the last kind of last stand for the team from 2016. All, all those guys, you know, the Bias Contreras because. Baez contracts and Baez contracts going to end. Contreras contracts going to end. You know, Brian. Like I think they'll resign him maybe to one year deal. Like because he wasn't that mm-hmm. great. And for Brian, like I still have confidence because he was just dealing with injuries. He only played thirty two games. Like right. I'm not super concerned about him as a player. Mm-hmm. And I'm just more concerned about the team in general because a lot of guys are underperforming and. Like next year, if next year doesn't work out, we're definitely going to go to that clear rebuilding process. And I, I feel like that's why the Cubs, they're going to need to make a big move this free agency because really, since we got you, Darvish, we haven't done a lot of huge moves. We got Craig Kimbrell midseason, like what, last year, 2019. And besides that, like they haven't really been very active. And this offseason is going to have to be different. They're going to have to make some big moves, I think try to contend next year. And if that doesn't work out, then you start selling and getting prospects and starting over. Yeah. yeah the Cubs I mean, could be a team that I see at the deadline, uh, trading. Yes. I mean, maybe a guy like Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, a half year rental. If he has a good first yeah. half, Chris, yeah, I mean, cause they do have talent. They have a lot of pieces. They do. And uh, that's what I was going to say too, is I don't think he's going to get traded this off season, but I do think that, if the Cubs aren't doing as well as they want in midseason next year, mm-hmm. then he's going to go. They're going to ship him off the deadline, which saddens me. You know, I, I love the guy. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you're Aaron Judge. You know, if you like, 
he's, you know, he's kind of the staple of the franchise and he hasn't been quite as good. I mean, he was, since 2016, he hasn't been MVP form, but he's been very good. And it, it would be sad to, you know, see him go. But I, I think if you're getting prospects and you're going to be good again in a few years, if that's the case, then, it, you know, it, it's well worth it. It is. And I know he's one of those players or, you you know, you were dreaming on because when you got some of these guys, or you, and I'm sure the Nationals fans felt this way too, you know, with Bryce Harper. Sometimes you've seen some of these kids as they're coming up and you're dreaming. You, dream, you spent a lot of time dreaming yes. on some of these kids, right? Oh, man. You, you put a lot of energy into them. Right. And then when it gets time, like you have to ship them off or something has to happen. It's, it's tough. It's like, yeah. it, it's like, you know, raising a kid. And obviously, I wouldn't know. But like, I can imagine. It's like, oh, my God. No, I don't want you to go. Right. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the, the Cubs are going to be tough. I mean, if we contend next year, I'll be happy. But after 2021... There's no way we're going to be able to keep Bryant, Baez, Contreras, Rizzo. Like, it's just not going to happen. I mean, some of those guys are going to have to go. I think Rizzo will stay because he's kind of – he really is, like, the staple there. But the, all those other guys are wild cards he's to go. He's definitely bro. Oh, my God, yeah. He's, he means more to the city of Chicago, I think, than any of the other guys. I mean, by far. Because he was really the only one there when they were bad. I – Personally, I love Rizzo, man. I, oh, yeah. him, him and Freddie Freeman, I love those guys, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like they have the bat that I love at first base, like that, that traditional, like kind of lefty bat that puts the bat on the ball and gets clutch. Hold, like, yes. I love yes. those guys, man. And oh, I, yeah. Rizzo's story, too, is. Uh, is oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he had cancer and. Right. Yeah. He's. I mean, the at-bats he takes, too. He takes, with two strikes, better at-bats than anyone else in the league. I mean, you, you can just... A lot of guys, like, their approach definitely changes, but you don't really see it. Rizzo, you can see, like, it changes when he has two strikes, and he's pretty successful with two strikes as well. So it's really cool to see. Uh, let's see, uh, another trade candidate. We, we already talked about him a little bit. Trevor Story. Do you think Trevor Story is going to get traded? He is... He's going to be freezed at next offseason. But uh, do we think he's going to get traded? Uh, I don't. I um, unless, the, unless the Rockies want to shed salary, I don't see them trading Trevor's story. Um, yeah, I don't see them trading Trevor's story. Yeah. Maybe he could. Maybe if they're, like, way out of it. Because, and, 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 I mean, who do you get? Who? who who are you guys going to have out there for Colorado, bro? Like, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. Are, I yeah. mean, because a few years ago, I mean, like you had an offense that was like absolutely ridiculous. You yeah. know, had a lot of potential to be good. And it's tough for pitchers to really have success, you know, in Colorado. It's just never really happened, you know, whatever the reasons are. But you had an offense that was definitely a playoff postseason offense. Mm -hmm. And it's like now, you know, you don't really even have that. And Maybe you just want to get rid of Story because Story has a lot of value. He had a good year. He's been pretty consistent, I'd say. I mean, you know. The thing with, with the Colorado hitter guys, man, is how much of that is because of the course. Right. I mean, and you look at a guy like DJ LeMay, you look at the contract that he got from the Yankees when he left, and then now look at the con now that he proved that he could hit outside of Colorado, right? Yeah. He's probably going to get up to 20, you know, $24 million per year, kind yeah. of, maybe. 
That's what I kind of think, or it's going to be, yeah. Um, so I think people don't really, especially if you got to shell out prospects to get a guy like that, um, you just don't want to see a guy like that struggle if you trade for him. So. Do you think the Rockies are wanting to trade him if other teams are willing to give up prospects? If teams are willing to take on money and prospects, yeah, definitely. I think yeah. any team right now with this climate would be willing. I mean, just just look at the Cleveland Indians. They have a team right now. Think about it. That team was pretty good. And they're willing to break it apart. You know, they're they're looking to trade um uh Lindor. They're looking to you know, they, they traded a couple of other pieces as well. They're trying to shed salary. So. Yeah, and I think the Brad, I mean, Brad Hand was just an example. Brad Hand, yes. Brad Hand. Free agency. I mean, any team could have had him. Any team, not a single team claimed him. And, I mean, that just shows that it's going to be. And and you look at an owner like Steve Cohen, I mean, he's just going to have a field day. I did not hurt financially from COVID last year. Uh, he's going to come in. Richest owner in baseball, he's gonna have a field day. I can see him. Uh, I can see him signing Real Muto. Yeah, I have a lot of sources oh, yeah, yeah. saying that. Yeah, um, it's that would be interesting actually. I mean, because not a lot of times like you have like the best player out of position hitting free agency, and like Real Muto is that. Like he's hands down the best catcher in the league. I mean, I don't think anyone's gonna try and argue with that. I mean. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, he has a lot of value defensively, offensively. I, I think the Mets would love. Oh, no, he'll be great. It'll be great for that team as well. Um, yeah. I could so see them, you know, trading for Lindor as well. Um, I, could, I, I can really see him trying to make a splash here. So. Yeah. And I, I really, not only the money, just the way Steve Cohen is interacting with fans on Twitter, I think, I think that's really cool. And, you know, I don't mind, like, I would. I like the Mets to, to be good. I, I like it when both New York teams are good because it hasn't really happened in my lifetime. Where they, right. they were it's crazy though. It's a lot of uh, a lot of trash talking, bro. Uh, two of, of the best teams in baseball, and I think. Yeah, and I think. Uh, I mean, Steve Cohen could. Uh, he's gonna be. Sud- I mean, he's gonna be a good owner. You can just tell, and and like I said, not only the money. But also just the way he's interacting with fans on Twitter, and also I think Sandy Alderson—that's a good move. Yeah, because he knows yeah. how to run a team, and now he's not going to have the constraints of purse strings and all of that stuff. This guy's like, all right, let's let's get things moving. So yeah, all right. Uh, let's see. I have another trade candidate, uh, Starling Marte. He's in. You know, he's been around like this last year. He was in Pittsburgh and then Arizona, and Arizona shipped him off pretty quick to Miami. Uh, do you think the Marlins would want to trade him? Like, I don't think they would. I mean, he's, he had a, he was having a nice year. Like I, if I was the Marlins, I'd, I'd be like, you know what? I don't really think it's worth it. I think they're getting him on a cheap though. Like with the way that his contract kind of works, like he's not that expensive. Yeah. They could, they could trade him. Um, but I believe that he was only like I think last year with the way that the trade worked out, like uh, for me remembering if the Yankees would have traded for him, I think it would have been like three or four million dollars. Like it's not that much for a guy like him and his caliber. So I would uh, definitely keep that. Um, what's going on here? So I I don't 
really Jack, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's a guy. I think, I mean, the Marlins, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team next year. I think this year is 60-game season, expanded playoffs. But I think you never know. He can kind of, him and, and Miguel Rojas, kind of um, build maybe around the Marlins. Marlins can build around them because mm-hmm. the Marlins got some legitimate talent. I mean, they really do. Sanchez, oh, Sixto man. Sanchez is nasty. Yeah. yeah. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> oh, that kid Lopez is nasty too. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you, you say they're, I mean, I think they very well could be a wild card team next year. And, I mean, it's it's up in the air how they're going to do the playoffs next year. I mean, that's true. I do. What you do? You guys like the expanded I hate, playoffs? I hated it. I did not like it either. I mean, I yeah. I don't know, Joe. What do you think? Did you like the? Uh... I I part of me liked it because it's just it's. It gives you a little bit more drama. I never really liked the one game playoff of the wild card. Interesting. Right? It's cool. You don't want to, when you're in it, it's just yeah. horrible, bro. Then, like oh my God, those first it's just games. it's just horrible. Uh it is. It's just not that's not baseball. Baseball's not it's not football. You know, where you play one game to determine your season, it's not what it is. Baseball is a game of series. You know, you go into somebody's house for at least a three game series. So I kind of like that in the wild card round. Yeah. But I don't like how the division winning teams don't really have too much of an advantage. Exactly. Um, I, I hate that. I there's mean, really nothing. If, if there's a way that they can create this with giving those first round teams a buy uh, for that wild card round, then, okay, that's something I would play for, right? Because it's not, you know, obviously, you know, you have those three days off. You play those three consecutive days. If you want to play in that wild card round and then move on to the next round, you can do that. But I don't, I, I, yeah, I mean, don't with, really like the whole. For me with the Cubs, I mean, it's like we won the division, just no, no buy. We get to play the Marlins and we lose in two games. And I mean, it's obviously our own fault for losing in two games and putting up one run, which. Yeah. He's frustrating, but you know, yeah. it's it's just unfortunate. Like you're saying, it there's no real advantage for any of the division winners except for the one seed. I mean, it's I, it's. And it was weird. I, I'm just not a fan. It was a little weird this this year too because there was no like home field advantage. That and people weren't really playing against the other teams throughout the year, right? So you don't get yep. a look at them. I think it's different, you know, when you're doing that. Um, and, you know, you get to kind of really, when you're only, fa- like, the Central, right? Yeah. The Central really did feed, bottom feed a lot. Like, when you look at the AL Central and the NL Central, they they bottom fed a lot on the, like, the really bad teams in that division. Yes. Not taking anything away from them, but it just felt like the other teams, when they got into the playoffs, that they were, like, at another. They smacked like, them. At another yeah. level from, like, these NL teams that they were facing. Yeah, I mean, it was like, what, after the first round, all of the central teams from the AL and the NL were gone. And there were a lot of them, too. I mean, yeah. you're right. Like, you I mean, because you have the Pirates, the Tigers, the Royals, like. Tigers. The Brewers weren't good. Yeah, like. I, there are a lot of bad teams in the central. I would have loved for the Yankees to bottom feed on those guys, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have been nice. And uh, AL East is not that easy. 
was not in the even the even the Orioles weren't even that easy this year. No, like, the Orioles they had. I mean, Santander had a great. I mean, they had a Orioles really the, good the team. first half of the season. I mean, they were they were a really good team. They almost they almost made the playoffs. There's a little chance where I was getting a little bit of a short period of time uh, right before the playoffs started. Where I was getting a little bit nervous for for the Orioles to take our spot at the eight seed. Yeah, our, uh, moved up into second place, but I mean that those are sad times. But yeah, but what our other co-host, uh, yeah, our other co-host is an O's, or, fan. yeah, Orioles fan, yeah, Orioles, oh, really? yeah, not able to join us today, but uh, yeah, he's he's this big O's fan. So when when they got off to that super hot start, he was like, you can imagine. I mean, for a team that like hasn't done anything, you know, I mean. I'm I'm just so grateful to be a Yankees fan because I cannot imagine being a fan of the team that's like dysfunctional in baseball. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so I know it's like in football, but uh, <laughs> that's gonna do it. So, Joe's, we thank you for yeah. for coming on. If you want to follow Joe's on Twitter, you can do that at Joe's McFly. Uh, search up um, Pinstripe Strong on Apple Podcast if you want to check it out. It is my favorite Yankee podcast, and that is saying a lot because I listen. To a lot of them. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. You know, I'm not a Yankee fan, so I don't listen to the uh, podcast too much. But you know, I listen to some episodes, and I really love what you do. You know, super fun to have you on and just you know talk some baseball. We love doing it, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. And I appreciate you guys, and uh, you know for having me on, and I really do appreciate it. And um, what I will say is, you know. We don't really keep things too serious anyway, right? So we talk about everything. We don't really do During the off-season especially. Oh, y'all listen. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Yes, sir.